Thank you for listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast, a message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. And this is the thing he said, and those I've called, I've equipped. I'm scared because I'm not, I don't know that I'm smart enough. I don't know that I've got what it takes. You've got it. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got all you're ever going to need. Let me tell you something. You're looking at a young man that grew up in, in North Detroit. My education is, is praise God I got out of high school and I got maybe 32 credit hours of college if they gave them to me. And I've got some Bible school. I'm not a genius. I didn't study Greek. I didn't study Hebrew. I didn't go off to seminary. And all those things are great. But I've made myself a student of the Word. And I seek after the Lord every day that He would impart to me revelation. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse number 15. And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It didn't say they might. didn't say it could happen. They will recover. There's three specific things that the Lord told us to do, and this what we refer to as the Great Commission. Go preach signs. Go preach signs. The Lord said, go. In Luke 14, 23, it says, Then the master said to the servants, Go out into the highways and the hedges, compel them to come in, that my house would be full. Now, this word right here, compel, what it means is necessitate, drive to, constrain by force, threats, permissions, entreaties, and by other means. I love that. I don't come tell you that you need to go threaten people to come to church, but we're living in these last days and the Bible says that we need to compel them. By whatever means necessary, we need to compel, we need to tell people about Jesus. Man, I, I tell you, I, and I don't mind wearing a suit. I don't mind wearing a tie. But I tell you, some, some of the best ministry I've ever done has been done in blue jeans and a t-shirt. I, I love doing street ministry. For, for years, uh, I was on staff at Trinity Assembly in Allgood. And one of my responsibilities is I was the church evangelist. And so I would take the head, they've got a 24 foot box truck and we would take it out and we would go into to places in the neighborhoods or, or we would find where the kids cruised in different communities and we would set it up and we would have bands play. And we would do rock gospel, we would do rap gospel, we would do country gospel, we would whatever. Sometimes we would do puppet shows. Whatever it was that would draw people to us so that we could compel them to come to Jesus. In 2008, we had that ministry truck in 11 different count, or I'm sorry, nine different counties, did 11 different shows, and saw over 100 people make decisions for Jesus. Let me just tell you, if this is your church and you're just sitting here thinking, man, you know, if we just keep on doing this every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night, they're going to come. Wake up. You got to go. You've got to go. 
Do you tell people about Jesus in your workplace? Do you tell Jesus, tell people about Jesus when you're at Walmart? Do you tell people about Jesus when you're getting gas? But gas stations. Man, you can stand there and you, you know, you put your thing in and the guy's standing right there next to you, right? And he's pumping his gas. And you know, and you can always start off with, you know, what do you think about the weather or, you know, different things. I mean, you can find whatever to break in. But man, I just, you know, doing street ministry and stuff like that. I mean, you just look at some guy and he's sitting there and he's putting, he's putting gas in a BMW. You know, and he's got some nice, threads on, he's got this nice shined up BMW and you just look over and say, man, that's a, that's a good looking car. Yeah, 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 it is. You know, and he kind of does the whole, you know, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. And you start talking to him. And I just, I always break in, so, man, you live around here? Oh yeah, I just live over here, you know, and off of, a uh, old Kentucky Road over here. Oh, okay. And, and uh, where do you work? Well, I work over here at, uh, at Fleet Guard. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, man, you got kids? Yeah, I got two or three kids. And, you know, man, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, man, I'm doing great. And that is so awesome. Well, let me ask you this, brother. I mean, you got this wife, you got these kids, you got this beautiful car, man, you live over. I know where your house that beautiful looking house. That is awesome. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> I'm just getting gas, man. I know. But while we're waiting, do you know Jesus? Because see, there was a time in my life where I drove nice cars. And, and I had nice clothes and, and I lived in big houses and, and what I found out was I was getting ready to go to hell. And I couldn't take any of it with me. But then I found Jesus. And He transformed my life. And, and brother, I'm not condemning you. I love the car. But can I tell you about my Lord? Because that's what I've been commissioned to do. That's what Jesus said. We're to go. And we're to, we're to do whatever we can to, to get people to come. He said go, and then He said what? Preach. Preach. Well, Pastor, you want me to get up there and have a three-point sermon? You know, or, or, or you know, do I got to do... No. That, that word preach right there is the word caruso in the Greek. It means to publish, proclaim openly something which has been done. Why did I start off with her sharing her testimony? That's preaching. This is preaching. It's a form of preaching. Inside there, they're doing a form of preaching. What he was doing right here is a form of preaching. When you're on your workplace and you're telling people about Jesus, that's a form of preaching. Standing at the gas pump telling that guy about Jesus is a form of preaching. Jesus said, go preach. Go tell someone. Go proclaim the good news. Is there anybody in here that can raise your hand and say, Pastor, God has never done a single thing for me. Raise your hand. Then you've got something to tell somebody. Man, if, if your favorite team wins the NCAA championship, you're going to be telling all your friends at work come Tuesday morning. Yeah, I had Kentucky going all the way. Duh, who didn't? But do you go tell people, well, man, we had a revival. I got healed. I got saved. Man, the Holy Ghost touched me and I laid on the floor and laughed for 45 minutes. Do we go tell those things? Man, I bought a new car. We got a new house. That's all great. That's good. And thank God that He allowed me to do it. What do you mean, thank God? You work every day. You work 40 hours a week. You bought that house. No. God allowed me to buy that house. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the fullness thereof. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. 
God will supply all of my needs. He'll multiply the seed that I sow. It's because of God that I've got that house. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? What do you seek? In Luke chapter 8, verse 39, Jesus just got done casting a demon. We talked about this the other night where He walked up. He said, what's your name? The guy says, my name is Legion. And He cast the demons out. Then the guy wants to go with Jesus. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, you just had a thousand demons in you and He just cast them out. He's like, hey man, I was sitting here naked and chained to a tomb and, and you just come up and threw them into a bunch of swine. I want to go hang out with you. Right? So this demoniac who had been delivered comes to Jesus and he says, I want to go. And Jesus looks at me and says, return to your house and tell what great things God has done for you. And the Bible says, and he went his way and proclaimed. Proclaimed. You, you could change that because it's the same Greek word. And he went his way and he preached throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. He preached. What has Jesus done for you? Go tell somebody, man, you just became a preacher. That's what we're called to do. Go preach. And then he says right here in Mark's Gospel, beginning in verse 17, and it says, and these signs will follow. Who's it follow? Who, who does the signs follow? Those who believe. Okay. How many of you in here believe? So who's the signs going to follow? Us! Signs follow those who believe. I just believe. I am not a weatherman. Miss Paula says weathermen are of the devil. I agree with her 100%. It's witchcraft. And they never get it right. There's got to be a special place in heaven for weathermen because they're all liars. But this is, this is the deal. I just believe. I remember we were up in Jamestown a couple years ago. We had our ministry truck up there. And man, we had all this thousands of dollars worth of sound equipment. We started putting the sound equipment out. And, and all of a sudden, we saw this storm coming up over the hill, coming out of Putnam County, up into Fentress County. Or out of Overton County, I guess, into Fentress County. And all the band that was there and stuff, man, they started putting their instruments up. I said, whoa, 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 what are y'all doing? I said, look at that, man. About that time, my phone rang my wife's in cookbook. She says, hey, are you guys packing up and heading back? I said, I ain't packing nothing up. We came to do ministry. She said, it's raining cats and dogs here. She said, I mean, it is coming down like crazy. I said, well, we came to do ministry. I got the ministry team out. I said, how many of y'all here believe? Oh, we believe, Pastor, we're with you. I said, no, no, seriously. How many of you truly believe? Well, Pastor, we believe. You believe, we believe. I said, good, everybody get in the middle of the parking lot. I said, everybody start stretching your hand towards the clouds. And I said, you start rebuking the wind and the rain. We came to do ministry in the name of Jesus. I kid you not, those clouds went just like this. I talked to people in Pickett County. I talked to people in Cumberland County. They said, man, it rained on us all night long. I said, we never got a drop in Fentress County. And let me just tell you, there was about 14, 15 people that night gave their heart to Jesus. Why? Not because I'm, I'm special. Not because I'm super weatherman. No. Because I believe. If you would just get a hold of it, you can do the same things. And this is the deal. It takes two parts. Because it first takes them believing for you to kick in. I can lay, I've, I've laid hands on a many of people. I've cast devils out of people. Man, laid there, demon come out, man, stinking. I, I, I knew the devil came out of them. And then them get right back up. But I liked it. Poof, they got it right back. I had a girl, we were at church uh, one night. 
Man, she, she got hands laid on her. She was talking about how she was sick and her legs were hurting and all this stuff. Man, her hands laid on her. She's slain in the spirit, laid there a couple of minutes. She got up. She's dancing a jig, kind of like I did last night. She's dancing and everything. Man, she was all excited. So, so I, I knew this lady had known her for a while. She had already filed for disability. And if anybody's ever filed for disability, you normally get turned down the first time. It's a guarantee. Second time, you usually get turned down. And you'll get it the third time if you stay persistent. So she'd already been turned down twice. She comes walking to the back door. She said, Pastor Tim, did you, did you see what happened? I said, oh yeah. She goes, oh, I got healed, Pastor Tim. I said, yeah, praise God, honey. I saw it. I said, good. And I said, then tomorrow you can call. I said, you can get that disability canceled. She goes, oh, well, no, I, I need my disability, Pastor. I saw her about three days later walking through Walmart with her cane. I said, you were just dancing a jig Sunday morning. I said, but you, re- you rebuked it. You, you, you just let it go because you lost belief. We all have the opportunity for signs following. If a drug addict gets radically delivered, people will take notice and listen to their testimony. If a demoniac gets delivered, people will take notice and ask how this happened. If a crippled man gets healed, a blind uh, gains sight, or if a deaf person hears, people will want to know, can this really happen? And the answer is yes. How? Jesus. We talked about John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. What were some of the works that Jesus did? See, if you start knowing the Word, like Brother Ron said, I mean, it's, it's being a student of the Word. When you start knowing more about the Word and you're spending time in the Word, man, then you've got ammunition. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, when you've done all to stand, 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 therefore stand. But when you talk to most preachers about Ephesians 6, they want to run off into the fight. I don't, I don't got to fight the devil. He's defeated. I got to stand. It's our responsibility to take on the shield of faith and stand and we can ward off the fiery darts of the enemy. I don't got to fight the devil. The devil's already been defeated. But when he wants to start sending his little demons my way, I just said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You ain't got no authority in this place. Why? Because I've got the greater one living on the inside of me. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to make a deposit inside you. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31, Jesus healed two blind men. What happened when he healed them? He said, now go and spread the news of what I've just done. Go and preach. Go tell people. Go preach. Signs, go preach. Luke chapter 10, verse 11 through 19. Jesus healed 10 lepers. They didn't stand right there and get healed. He said, be healed. Now go tell, go show the priest. Go tell. Are y'all catching on to this? Okay. What about Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17? Jesus raised the widow of Nain's daughter. And in verse 17, he said, and this report about him went throughout all Judea and the surrounding region. Well, yeah. Brother just, he, he interrupted a funeral. I bet the funeral guy was upset. I mean, you just cost me a fare, brother. I mean, he just reached in, raised up the woman's daughter. And news went throughout. When churches start believing what God's done, that the Holy Ghost inside, that we can do and operate in signs and wonders and people can get healed. You know, this is an amazing thing. I, I know personally, I've met him. We're not like best friends. I don't talk to him all the time, but I've met him personally and had conversations with Reinhard Bonnke. But this is what I know about Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhardt will go set up a stage in the middle of Africa and people will travel for days and days and days and he'll have three million people out there in the middle of the, the desert. And he'll preach the gospel. And one person gets healed, 
Man, it sets the whole desert on fire and thousands and thousands will get saved, thousands will get healed and they'll start building churches. Why? Because man, stuff like that spreads. You get a good doctor in town in Overton County, news spreads. And if people start getting healed, devils start getting cast out, drug addicts getting saved by the multitudes, man, we'll start picking up the Overton County news and it'll have a different headline. Why? Because we're going, we're preaching, and we're believing in signs following. Look at this. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 23-24 says, Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. Did you catch that? Jesus is rebuking cities where a lot of his works had been done. Why? Because they didn't repent. Hmm, yeah, whoa. That's the very next word. Woe. Woe to you, Chorazan. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done entirely inside, then they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. Man, I do not want that over Livingston. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and the day of judgment than for you. Sodom. Everybody remember Sodom? Genesis? Man, fireballs came down. They still haven't figured out exactly where Sodom was at. I mean, it was gone. You know what Billy Graham said about ten years ago? If the United States of America doesn't repent, God's going to owe Sodom an apology. Man, we got to get some repenting done. They're gone. But Jesus said right here, if Sodom would have seen the things that I've done in your cities, they'd still been here because they would have repented. I mean, go back and read some of the stuff, the wicked stuff that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And compare that to what's going on in your local newspaper and on CNN and Fox News. You'll see a great correlation. But if they would have saw the signs that Jesus did, they would have repented. This is God. This is Jesus, the Son of God speaking. He said they would have repented and they'd still been here. Man, if we'll start getting churches on fire, spirit-filled, signs will follow. Matthew 10.14 says, Whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from the house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. There are going to be some people you're going to talk to, you're going to invite, they're just never going to come. There's going to be times where we're going to stand up in churches and we're going to preach and the Spirit of God's going to be all over us and we're going to weep. Jesus stood over them and He weeped for Israel. They were, they were like a flock with no shepherd. And He was weeping for them. There are going to be some people that are just not going to come. Man, just knock the dust off that one. Move on to the next one. But don't quit preaching. Don't quit going. And don't quit believing. Well, pastor, i got a big thing coming up. we got this big, you know, i got people coming over for a cookout. They're calling for rain. Point at the clouds. It work in my neighborhood. It'll work in yours. But we got to believe. we got to understand the promise. Greater things will you do because I go to the Father. Man, if we would get a revelation of that, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. 
It says in verse number 34, For he whom God has sent speaks words of God. Okay, that sounds like a go statement, right? For he who God has sent, that's a go, speaks the word of God. That's the preach. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to give you this much of the Holy Ghost. And Brother Jim, I'm going to give you about that much of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you a whole gallon of the Holy No. He says, I don't give, give the Holy Ghost by measure. He said, when you come and you want it, I'm giving it. I'm giving you all of them. Alright? But again, what we've done is we've received, we've received a full portion. We just tap it. Man, you got the, you, the same Holy Ghost that's living inside of me is living inside of you. The only difference is, is I am just stupid enough to believe everything in the Bible. I'm just that foolish that I believe everything in here. That when I pray for some guy to quit smoking, he'll quit smoking. When I pray for somebody to get healed in their back, they're going to get healed in their back. When I pray for some drug addict to get free from drugs, they get free from drugs. Because I believe. Pastor, does it happen 100% of the time? I wish it did. I wish it did. But it doesn't. Well, why doesn't it? Well, part of them, they don't want to quit. They don't want to really be delivered. It just sounded good at the time. But I'll tell you this, it has nothing to do with my lack of faith because i got a full measure. And you've got a full measure if you will engage the measure. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1-8. through So he got into the boat and crossed over and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man is blasphemous. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins? When he had said, said it to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to the house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. Given such power to who? No, he just gave the power to Jesus. That, that word's wrong, right? That scripture right there is wrong? He gave it to men. Now I understand that the Bible is, is mailed... He gave that power to all mankind that believe. They glorified God who had given such power. It's not capitalized. Man. Jesus. It's small m. He had given such power because Jesus was what? 100% God. 100% man. And so, when the 100% God said, I am ascending... But I'm leaving with you the same Spirit that I walked in. The same power that I walked in. The same anointing that I walked in. I'm giving it to you, Pastor Scott. Go, preach, and signs will follow. Right? All these people. How, how did the young man get saved? You know, his, his friends, he was crippled. His friends put him on a stretcher. They walk over to the house like, man... That church is busting at the seams, man. Let's just go back home. NASCAR starting in 30 minutes. Come on. No. They said, hey, all right, well, let's go up on the stairs over here. We'll get up on the roof. Now, if I'm the guy on the stretcher, I'm thinking to myself, boys, what are you going to do on the roof? 
And they get up there and start tearing off the shingles. And they say, hey, brother, we got this. We love you, okay? And they start lowering them down. He got healed, yes, because he was sitting right before Jesus. But he got healed because his faith was already engaged before he ever got to the floor. That's why he received his healing. Jesus said, I know it's going to take place. I'm saying to God, I knew you were coming down the road. I'd already had that vision. I knew you were coming. But when, he, when his friends engaged in faith and he engaged in faith, he got up and walked out of, and then the people marveled. So this man came. He already had the faith. His buddies already had the faith. And Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and go. The other thing I always think about this is this. Is, I mean, that guy had been for his whole life. He'd been bed sick, right? I mean, he was probably, his muscles were probably all atrophied. Jesus didn't say, now go and go to the therapist and exercise and do all that and you'll be able to walk here in about six months. Because he had faith to believe. Signs and wonders. It's true. This is what I'm telling you. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not smart enough to. This is in the Word of God. He gave power to men so that we could go, we could preach, and we could do signs and wonders. Jesus saw their faith. Matthew chapter 19, 26 says, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Second, in Matthew 9, 6, it says, But when but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Jesus has given us power on earth. Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power. When? When? When you receive the Holy Spirit. When do you receive the Holy Spirit? John 20 says when, when He breathes on you. When you receive salvation, you get the Holy Ghost. I'm going back. I'm telling you. Okay? When they were in the upper room, Jesus came through the wall and He said, Peace, brothers, calm down. Okay? It's me. And He breathed on them. They received the, they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I know they only received just a small portion of it, right? No, because He doesn't give with measure. So He breathed on them. They got the whole thing. And then He says, Now, go wait. Because brother, I'm getting ready to do something that's going to knock your socks off. So they're in the upper room. All of a sudden, mighty rushing winds. I'm hanging out with a mighty Russian wind. And all of a sudden, man, this, they, they, these fishermen start speaking in other tongues. And on the very first day, Peter stands out and says, they ain't drunk, man. They're full of the Holy Ghost. And 5,000 people got saved. Church, if fishermen can do that, I, I love it because shortly after that, Peter and, Peter and James are standing before the Sanhedrin. Don't you dare be going out and talking about that man Jesus. Hey, you can beat me, flog me, do whatever. I can't help but talk about my Jesus. Man, I'm going to preach the gospel right up until my last breath. Matthew chapter 9 verse 8. It says, Now when the multitude saw it, they were marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. Not only do miracles stir in the hearts of men, they give glory to God and it also stirs the hearts, heart of God which gives glory to us. Check this out. Not only does the, 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 these miracles, these signs and wonders stir the hearts of men which gives glory to God, but it stirs God's heart. Man, when you come up and you get healed, you come up and you have faith and you get full of, man, you just, hallelujah, I received it. Man, it goes back and God, God just, He gets excited about it. That's what I've been talking about. That's what I've been saying. My children are finally getting it. 
And then He begins to rain down the glory upon us. We send the glory up to Him when we get healed. He sends it right back down. Praise God, you got it. You're getting a hold of this thing. That's what God's wanting to do. Psalm chapter 78. Psalm 78, verse 4 through 8. It says, We will not hide from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that, had, that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to, the, to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. God did not quit doing miracles and signs and wonder. He, he didn't, there wasn't a time in history where in, where in Genesis or in, 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 in Judges where He said, y'all forget it. I'm done with signs and wonders. No. God never did that. What the psalmist says was, God didn't quit doing them. Men quit being obedient. God didn't quit doing signs and wonders. He never stopped doing miracles. Men just quit being obedient. I tell you right now, I've stirred up that fire. And we pass it on from generation to generation to generation. we got a whole generation of people out there that need to know Jesus. And they're never going to know unless we go, preach, and believe in signs following. we got to start preaching the Word of God. John chapter 10, verse 37 and 38. says, If I do not do the works of My Father, do not believe in Me. But if I do, though you do not believe in Me, Believe the works that they may be known and believe that the Father is in me and I am in Him. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. Now that M right there is capital. Jesus is saying, I'm the Son of God. I am God incarnate. But if, if you don't believe in the works that I'm doing, then, then you're not going to believe in me. But, if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the what? Believe the works. Believe the signs and wonders that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am in Him. Because Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost and fire. And greater works will you do because I go to my Father. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message, and would like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, please visit teenchallengeuc.org.